everybody. It is the Board Game Mechanics. I am Joel, and with me as always is... Hey guys, what is going on? It is Jason. Joel and Jason talking about board games, having fun. Uh, I, I listened to... So, this week, we had, for whatever reason, like, it's not even realistic what happened this week. We have <laughs> like true. quadrupled our listens this week on the podcast, which is amazing. Whoever, Whoever, like, gave us like a plug with Oprah or something and she made us the podcast of the month or whatever happened. I don't know. Like, thank you, I guess, but it's crazy. I don't even think Oprah has this kind of power. Yeah. It's, it's nuts, <laughs> but that made me just think like, okay, well, I don't want people to listen to the first 15 seconds and hear me go, Hey everybody, it's Joel from the board game mechanics and with me as always is. So I got to get, I got to get a little better up top there. Eh, it's fine. I mean, it's been working so far. Why change it? Get some get some high energy juice going, juice juice juice. Um, <laughs> yeah, Jolt Cola, man. Uh, so, so Jason, can I tell you something that's really weird to me too? Sure. My like your wife plays board games with you and is your board gaming partner largely, and that is awesome. And I am so jealous of that. You should be. My wife doesn't even know I'm famous. Like she doesn't even know. <laughs> Maybe she does, and she just she just uh, doesn't let you know it because your head might be, get too big. She just treats me like I'm ordinary. I mean, that's seriously. I mean, like I don't like I have to load the dishwasher and stuff still. I mean, like it's messed up. <laughs> so that, whatever. That that is that is terrible. Yeah, she needs to realize who she's working with. Like, find her on Facebook and just tell her I'm famous and stuff, guys. I mean, she just she needs to know. <laughs> <laughs> these these podcasting hands aren't made for filling dishwashers up. <laughs> yeah. Podcasts taking off a lot of hands to do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it really, I mean, I don't know. Maybe. That, that's true. Maybe, I guess. But you know what, though? Thank you guys for listening. And it has been an astonishing week. Like, I think we had more listens on a Tuesday after release than we got in a week like a couple of months into the show. So um, it's definitely growing. You guys are all a part of that. This is the time of year too, where a lot of the podcasts you listen to are like just 48 cheap dollars a month. You can get this coaster that has a picture of Jason and Joel high-fiving and, and you'll get that coaster delivered to you and you'll know that you feel good about supporting the boys in the podcasting booth. I think I said podcasting, which <laughs> is my other thing I do. It's where I like I take my shirt off and flex a ton. Yeah, podcasting. No yeah. one likes that at all. It's not taking off, but <laughs> yeah. we don't we don't do that. We don't say hey, give us money because we don't. I mean, we I don't know. I mean, maybe you guys want to give us money at some point, but at this point, we feel like it's a relationship of you guys give us your ears and and we give you our voices and. We have fun. We're just a zany little community of just having fun. But I will say this. This is the big caveat. I don't I don't want your money, guys. I don't want your money. I I just want you guys to share the word. So this is uh this is our fundraiser. We've done this a few times, but just tell one person. Be like at your board game meetup this weekend, just say, "Hey, do you guys listen to podcasts? If you do, check out the board game mechanics. Man, they're pretty they're pretty all right." They're pretty okay. So that's all we're asking. Yep, I agree. Um, the more people that listen, the more that Joel will just get crazy and even zanier. So let's oh, see how zany boy. we can make him. Oh, boy. Like, 
Thank you for being on the Facebook group. Thank you for checking out the website, which just got overhauled this week. So if you uh, haven't been there recently, go check it out. Uh, BGmechanics.com. All right. So let's get started with a few things of news. Um, The first game that I wanted to talk about is currently on Kickstarter. It has 14 days left. And this game is called Animal Kingdoms by Galactic Raptor Games. Um, I wanted to talk about this one because I just did a review video, posted it this week. Uh, This is a card game where you're trying to play either different animals or different numbers into one of these five kingdoms based on one of the laws of the kingdom. So say one of the kingdoms says you can only play even numbers. So you have to play all even numbers, doesn't matter what the animal is. Then say the kingdom next to it said you have to play a same beast that's already been played in that kingdom's left and right neighbor. So say that a wolf was played to their left and an owl was played to their right. You can only play a wolf or an owl into that kingdom. So you're trying to play these cards to get your influence in these kingdoms. And once everybody has passed for the round, you're going to score some points. You're going to do this over three rounds. And then whoever has the most points is the winner. It's a really simple game, but the artwork is beautiful. Um, it has a really a lot of decisions to be made in such tiny game space. So if you like area control and card games, I'd say go check out Animal Kingdoms. And it is, for the base game, it's $29 and free shipping in the continental United States. Cool. A video up. Go check it out. Yep. You can get to our videos from our, our newly updated website too, bgmechanics.com. That being said, let's talk about uh, another game that's currently on Kickstarter. And it is called Rival Restaurants, and it's by Gap Closer or Gap Closer Games. Um, so this is an action selection game that has variable player powers. Players are bidding and trading to get these certain ingredients to make certain types of recipes. You're trying to end the game with the most points, I think. I couldn't really tell what was going on, and I didn't have a chance to watch a video, but it seems kind of like that's what you're doing, buying things, trading, getting recipes fulfilled. Uh, It seems like it also has some action cards that can make it a little take that, which I don't love, but this is now on Kickstarter with 31 days left, and for the base game, it's $49, and I do want to, so rival restaurants. Sounds good, Jason. This is me getting really serious, because I just realized I'm in charge of editing this week. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm leaving it all in. Sorry, guys. Now that we have an audience, this it's a good idea to put a really wackadoo weird episode in there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we don't really edit much of it out anyway. So. <laughs> now, hey, Referrillo, before we leave news, do you have any more news, Jason? No, that's all I got. Uh, seriously, thank you. Like, I got stupid about it, but thank you for the support. It's been a huge week for us in news uh, about us. It really has been a huge week for us. It's encouraging to us. It makes us want to make a lot of videos and keep doing this podcast. So thank you so much. And uh, if you guys if you guys want to know really who the unsung hero of the of the board game mechanics is, it's definitely Jason. He's the guy who like makes me stick with it. He's the guy who is the straight guy on this podcast, which is such a hard job. So I get to have all the fun. Jason does all the work. So thank you, Jason, too. Yep. Having a great time. And it's nice to try to keep you on task. Uh, you, you can keep lying about that if you want. That wasn't a lie, man. It's good. Times. I, I think it's funny when you you said, "Well, you keep being Conan, I'll keep being Andy," and I was like, "That's about right." I don't know. <laughs> yeah. 
We're just going to jump right into it. This is a game that I've played twice in one day. It came out in 2018, and had I played this before we talked about our best games of 2018, this may have been number one. I like this game that much, and this game is The Quacks of Quedlinburg. Um, so I kind of made fun of this game when it was nominated for the Spiel because I thought the name was dumb. Yeah. And I thought the premise was dumb. But then I played it. It's still kind of a dumb theme and a dumb name, but the game is amazing. So what this is, this is a bag building, pool building, whatever you want to call it pressure luck game so you're going to start out with these certain color little chits which represent ingredients and on your turn everybody's going to simultaneously pull chits out of this bag you're trying not to go over a certain threshold of these white chits the white potion or whatever ingredient or you bust so you're you're allowed to be at seven or less if you go over seven you bust so you're reaching into your bag you're pulling out trying to decide do i want to keep going to get more money and more points or do I want to stop and then be able to get points and money because if you bust you can only do one so you're going to play you're going to buy more chits to go in your bag some of the chits have special powers that they're going to get when you pull it out and over nine rounds I think or eight rounds and whoever has the most points is the winner it's a simple game but the pressure luck is the best pressure luck that I've played in any game that I've ever played so if you like pressure luck games and silly themes and grabbing into a bag and pulling things out I say check out The Quacks of Quedlinburg. Excellent game. You love pressure luck games, too. I really do. I really do. And I'm not too into them because, again, if my wife didn't wear one of those, um, make me wear one of those backpacks with a monkey tail on it, that's actually like a child harness, I would <laughs> I would dart into traffic because I'm so impulsive and have no like ability to plan for the future, no, no idea about what consequences of my actions are. So... I'm like, hey, I'll just keep pulling things out. Like you've you played the blossoming cherry tree that makes me happy every ten years, and you saw <laughs> yeah. how bad I was at that. That's true. Yeah, and you were close on the name. You're getting better every time. Am I? I, <laughs> I mean, you I said, had the wrong country to start with. <laughs> That's true. You did say cherry and tree though, so good job. The cherry tree <laughs> that blossoms every ten years, right? <laughs> the legend of the cherry tree that blossoms every ten years. Yes. <laughs> yes. So, I mean, I don't know. I'm just not a huge pressure luck fan. Um, and just, I don't know, man. It's just, I'm, I'm prejudiced, I guess. It's just, the box looks real dumb and the name is real dumb. So I'm with you on that. Like I said, it is stupid. The theme is stupid. The box is stupid. What even is the, the, bo- theme? the Even the boards, you're these like fake doctors that like brew up potions or something. To heal people, I guess. I don't know. The theme is pulling stuff out of a bag and putting it on your, your board. The theme is non-existent, but the game is awesome. I just assumed you were selling baby ducks to somebody. Like, honestly. <laughs> it, yeah. I mean, that maybe that is what you're doing. I don't know. <laughs> well, cool. I played Newton, and this is one that I thought, when I saw it, I thought, well... I don't know, man. Do we really need another game that looks like this? Do we really need another game that does this stuff? It doesn't seem like it's going to be really different or anything that's revolutionary. And so I don't know, man. This is just uh, this is noise. I don't know that I need it. And I was kind of critical of it when it came out. Uh, got a chance to play it. Um, boy, I was kind of right and kind of wrong on this one. It's not anything new, really. But man, is it good. It's really good. Um I'll tell you what, if if I had played this before I made this top 100 list, it certainly would have made the list. Um, just a really good game. Uh, I don't know how much you know about it, Jason. 
Uh, do you know much about about Newton? Uh, I know what it looks like, and I think I watched Rado play it. Um, but I mean, it just looks like a Euro where you're moving around collecting things, trying to score points. So I'm I'm assuming that's kind of what it is. All right, so so let's do that again, but this time let's pretend like you don't know anything about it, so we can talk about it and tell the audience. <laughs> hey, Jason, right. do you know anything about Newton? <laughs> no, I know nothing about Newton. Okay, Please yeah, enlighten good, me. Uh, it's a good game, Jason. Uh, it's from Cranio and Simon, um, and it's basically uh, oh man, I have no idea how to say his name. Simone Luciano. <laughs> you got you got to give me that. This guy's Italian, at least, right? Like last week, I. I tried to make Bruno Fiduti Italian. <laughs> yeah. This guy is Italian. Yeah, you're right. So anyway, this game is is by him. Um, he's known for games like, uh, I'm thinking here, Lorenzo is definitely his. Yep. And Marco Polo is definitely his. Voyages of Marco Polo. I and think he, he might have done Zolkin. Is he in Zolkin? Yeah. Council of Four, maybe. He He's made quite a few really cool games. And... This one's really cool too. And so basically what happens in this one is you have a couple main boards that you're like kind of doing things on and then a player board. And on your player board, there's a bookshelf and you're trying to meet certain criteria of these spots on this bookshelf. And you put like, it's like bingo almost like you're putting little markers on top of them once you take that action to do such. But then also you have to have, have accomplished whatever it says in that square. So you have to have, you know, a certain set of books on your player board or you have to have visited certain ancient monuments or have to have visited certain cities in order to fill those in. And that's pretty well how you score points in this game is that you have rows and columns on the bookshelf done. Now, how you do that is you take actions in this like knowledge tree. And then you as the main scientist are visiting different areas, trying to gather their knowledge. And as you accomplish certain, certain things on the checklist, you're allowed to go like, write about it or file a book or what I don't remember what the exact action name is but you played on one of the specific cards in order to do that well how does this work mechanically you're putting down cards on this play mat there's a top half of the card and a bottom half of the card and a lot of times the top half is either just a symbol that allows you to have a set collection kind of thing going on to fill in those bookshelves or it might be like a you get two coins when you play this card kind of thing so there are some actions on the top half that do matter but on the bottom half it tells you what action you can take but then as you lay those cards down if you lay down three of the same symbol you get triple the power on it so you get like to do like three times the amount of that action not three not do that action three times but get to do it like at a level three action so the bookshelves you have to you know fill in the top row with a single power the second row is a a double power and then triple power in the bottom level so you're trying to always make your actions work better for you at the end of the five uh, cards you play down you're going to take one of your weaker cards and tuck it under the board and only have the symbol part of the action showing so then you have a default like always available to you like of that symbol there so the next time you take that action it's like man it's powered up now it's better so um it's kind of neat how that works it's just a really good game overall and i'm not explaining it super well i am going to try and get a review of this one up this weekend so you'll be able to see a gameplay video of this one real soon um i really love it it almost has like a touch of organ trail in it and how you're adding cards to your hand um it's got a lot of Voyages of Marco Polo in it and a lot of Lorenzo in it, for sure. Um, and one of the reviews I read said it's just an old-time, classic-feeling Euro. A little fiddly to, t- to put up and tear down, I will say that for sure. But it's just uh, it just feels good. The game just feels really good to play. And that was, that was Newton. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, that's awesome. I've been wanting this one since it came out, and it's just, I don't know, it's hard to find around me. So 
Maybe when we get together next time, we'll have to play it. Yeah, I think you'll really like it, Jason. Play solo really well, too. Nice. Yeah, I'm liking that Euro games are putting the solo um, variant in there because that makes it nice. Well, anyway, uh, man, a little long-winded in this episode, Jason. I think it was you that was talking a ton if I had to guess. But anyway, (laughs) we probably (laughs) ought to get to our top 10 for the week. Yeah, that's my guess, too, but we can move on. 10% better this week, by the way. (laughs) That's true. Getting to even better games than last week, and I'm not going to talk anymore because I've already talked enough this episode, apparently. So, my number yeah. 70. <laughs> Jason, you big blabbermouth. Yeah. Um, so, my number 70 is a game by, I think, Michael Kiesling and Kramer, or maybe just one of them. And it is Kraftwagen. So, mm. this, this is a car-themed game. It's a lighter car theme game, so not like Kanban heavy, but what you're trying to do in this is the same kind of things. You're trying to get engines for your car, trying to up their um, speed to drive around the track so they can go farther to score more points. You're trying to get these engineers to come over to your side and help you. So normal Euro game stuff, you're trying to collect things and complete contracts and fulfill goals in a certain amount of rounds. You're going to sell cars that you have completed to try to get the most money. Uh, it's a good game. It's enjoyable. I've only played it once. That's how much I liked it. And I may be missing something because it's been a while since I've played it, but you get the gist. It's a cool car theme game. If you're not into Kanban, I would definitely recommend this one. Same kind of feel, but a lot less heavy. So my number 70 is Kraftwagen. I think this is uh, Matthias, Matthias, Kramer. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Kramer, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, good pick, man. I really like this game. It, it's... If you've ever played Glendrover, I think it's the name of the game, right? Uh, it's got the cool mechanic, mechanic from that where it's like you're moving forward on this track, but then as the stuff behind the last player just isn't useful anymore, it cycles around to the front again. So it's like it's like a, a conveyor belt almost that you're on of like actions that you can take, which is kind of neat. And you can go slow and get a lot or go fast and get your choice kind of thing um, on that one little section of the board, which I think is really cool. Um Good pick, Jason. Yep, I dig it. I, I can't say I put this one on my list because I don't think I did, but I do like this game. It's in my collection. So uh, I would second that as a great game to check out. My number 70 is one that is a really great game, too, from Panasaurus Games. Uh, no, not Dinosaur Island. This is one that came before that. Uh, this is Wasteland Express Delivery Service. So this is basically Mad Max, the game in a delivery, uh, pick up and deliver kind of situation. It's a uh, really cool. You're, you're upgrading your semi trucks or your trucks or your car or whatever you're delivering your goods in to be faster, to be, um, more aggressive with weapons, to be better at taking shots from other players. And then you basically have a couple ways of getting your goods. You can either go out and just like kind of fight these, um, AI non-player bandit kind of cars, or you can go to different villages and buy the stuff. And so um, if you don't want to take a chance with the die roll, you can go to a village and buy something, then go deliver it to somewhere else for a profit. Um, and then the other piece too is this game is basically different every time you play it because there's a bunch of scenarios you can play, but the in-game, the in-game conditions are always a little bit different. There's like some objectives that come out, and the first person that can get enough of these little standees out on these seals saying, hey, I completed this objective – they get to be the winner. So um, 
sometimes it's it's crazy how the game plays out because sometimes all three objectives that you're trying to get or however many objectives you're trying to get, they match up really well and they synergize and you're able to get this game done really quickly. Other times it's just really a grind to get three things out. Um, sometimes you don't see that if they synergize and somebody else gets all three things out before you get one out. So that feels bad, but um, it's a really good pick up and deliver game. If you like pick up and deliver, it's my choice on pick up and deliver. So um, the only other one I can say that would even remotely come close to being on this list is Kings of Aaron Steam. But this one's the one that made it at number 70, Wasteland Express Delivery Service. Yeah, that's cool. This game looks really interesting, but I know it's not my style of game, so I probably won't play it. But it does look cool. If it had any theme but post-apocalyptic Road Warriors, I think you'd really like it. Like The mechanics on it are really great, and there's not a lot of combat or interaction with combat. Um, if it were like covered wagons or something... Or ships on the Mediterranean. There we go. It would be your kind of game. But I get the theme on it. It's kind of weird for you. And I don't know. There is definitely like face-off, die roll kind of things. Yeah, that's cool. Maybe someday. Maybe someday. Sunday. All right. We'll play Sunday. <laughs> someday. <laughs> oh, all right. <laughs> all right. So my number 69 is a game from Renegade. And it's about building a library filled with different kinds of books. And it is called Ex Libris. So this game is essentially a worker placement game where you're also trying to do a little bit of tableau building. So you're using your worker to go around to these locations to get these different book cards that have different types of books and different letters. And you're trying to build a library that's in alphabetical order and numerical order with certain types of books that you score points for. It's an easy game. Uh, it's If you know how to play worker placement, this game's for you. If you like tableau building, this game's for you. My only criticism of this game is that the text on the tiles is like microscopic and you always have to pick the tiles up and see what the the tile does when you put your worker there. So had that been better, it might even be higher on my list, but as it is, it's still pretty high. So my number 69, X Libris. Yeah, that's really high. That's, huh. I knew you liked this, but I didn't know you liked it top 70 high. Yeah, I've, cool. I've played it a lot. So I think that's probably why it's just how much I played it. This year or last I, I, year, I haven't. Um, I saw that you were hyped about it, and I, I, you, you, you just talked about it a lot about how much you liked it, and I thought, man, this might be one that my wife's into because it doesn't seem like it's too heavy. And my wife's not into any games, so it's sitting on my shelf collecting dust. But <laughs> I, I would really like to get this one out and play it. It, it just seems really cool. Yeah, it's really good. I, I like it. If you can get her to play it, I think she might actually like it too. Yeah. Well, she did play this next one with me, and I'm, my number 69, my wife did play with me, played it well, and I don't think she loved it, but I don't think she hated it. It is Council of Four. Uh, this is a really cool game where you're just, it's almost like an engine builder. You're trying to get into these um, towns that give you certain benefits, and then if you network with that town, you keep getting that benefit over and over again, and you do kind of a set collection thing to try and meet the needs of the council in order to get the uh, things that you need to get to get your your little guys on the board. So um, kind of a neat game. It feels like route building a little bit. It feels like set collection um, and, and engine building really all in the same kind of package. Um, I have the, the cool mini or not version, which I, I hear from Jason isn't valid, but um, I like it. So um, I hear I need to get the old cranio version or some other version where it's cranio. made out of made out of dried figs and wood bark. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, that's a better version for sure. <laughs> I mean, uh, your version definitely has guys falling off little planks or whatever, which is cool. But uh, the one with minis in it, I think is still perfectly fine. Um, but it's just a cool game where you're, and it's got this cool bumping mechanism where you're trying to bump things out to make things basically effectively cheaper for you to do or to match what you have in your hand. Um, just balancing all these actions and stuff. And it makes it really a fun game. Um, Jason, did you want to talk at length about this one now, or did you want to talk about it at length later when it comes up on your list? Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll reserve my opinions for now. Wah, wah, spoiler. <laughs> it might not be on my list, but maybe it is. We'll see. <laughs> we'll, we'll do an episode on that. Like, Jason fooled y'all. He goofed you. Now he's going to talk about Console of Forest, number 117 game. Yep, that's true. Um, all right, so my number 68 is a deck builder. I'm not huge on deck builders, but there are a few that I like. Uh, this one's from Japanime Games, and this is called Heart of Crown. So essentially, mm. this is a deck builder that takes place over like two different parts. So the first part plays like a normal deck builder. You're trying to get cards to help drive your economy, to give you money, to buy other cards, to help you get cards that are worth points at the end of the game. The trick here is eventually you're going to have to buy, um, not buy, but I guess lure this princess to your side to dwell over your kingdom. <laughs> so you have to end up spending money and some of your land cards to give to this princess so she'll come be by your side. And then from that point on, you're trying to get these senators. Um, there are three types of different politicians that you're trying to get to come over to be a part of her government. So the first part, you're just buying things. The second part, you're trying to race to be the first person to hit 20 points before your opponent. So you want to kind of have some point cards in your hand before you get the princess, because if you don't, you're going to lose. Normal deck builder stuff, but the two phases kind of make it a little more interesting. So that's why it's on my list, and that is number 68, Heart of Crown. Japanime games, I've noticed a common theme with their games. Um, they all are about, like, seducing a suitor. <laughs> this one's or actually, demons. This, and demons, yeah. This one's actually not that bad. Like, it doesn't have any of the risque artwork like Tanto Quare does. It's all just normal anime, and really the theme is your your land is doing well, so the princess kind of just moves in and rules over the land. So you're not really trying to buy her, I guess. She's just coming where the money is. That's actually I, more, more theme probably than the game actually has, but I think that's what it is. <laughs> I really wanted to get Tanto Kore. Um, I don't know if it's going to make it on your list or not, but I really wanted to get it at one point like because I heard your wife just rave about it, like how much she loves it. And it's a good game. Like it really is. And, and I wanted to get it and I saw it at the shop on good sale. And I was like, I think I'm going to get this one. And my wife was like, no, you're not. I'm like, no, but seriously, I want to get this game. It's supposed to be a good game. She's like, yeah, sure. 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 <laughs> yeah. No, it really is. I, I like it. I like Heart of Crown better, but I do like Tonto Quarry. She's like, does it have a solo variant that you can play on the couch tonight? Because you are not buying that game. <laughs> And so I didn't. <laughs> Tonto didn't make my top 100. So I do like this game better. Yeah. Uh, I I mean, like, I think Demon Worker is probably their game that I'm the most interested in. Um, but man, I mean, they're they're an up and coming company. Um, they've got that Alice Matic Heroes now, too, that they're really yeah, pushing, I which seems really I awesome. Have, I have that game. Do you? Yeah, it's pretty good. It's like um, Deus kind of, but with an anime theme on it. So we'll hear about that one in the top five, which is cool. Uh, no, I don't think so. I don't like it that much. <laughs> it's good, though, but it's not top 100 good. 
Well, cool. My number 68, Jason. Should we do that now? Sure. I mean, do we want this episode to be two hours or not? I guess it's kind of where we're at. Uh, uh, we, yeah, we should probably get moving. I, I am editing this one again. Uh, <laughs> probably should get going on it. Uh, Decrypto is my number 68. This is one that's a really good game. Uh, it feels like Codenames a little bit, and I can't explain why it feels similar because they're not the same mechanically. But this is one where you're able to see the words. Everyone on one side of the player shield is on the same team. You're all able to see the words that you're trying to use synonyms or hints towards. But like the order of the words is what really matters. So you're given a, a three-digit code, and then you have to describe the three-digit code using the the codex basically that you have in front of you um, that the other team can't see. And the other team's trying to see how the clues are related to each other to try and figure out what the words are on that screen or figure out words that might be connected to other clues that are given in the future. And if they can break two clues, um, they win the game. Or if you screw up your code twice, like give the wrong code with your team own teammates then you lose. So that's basically the whole game right there. Um, it's a really neat little game, though. A fun party game, fun little word game. This one I've had a lot of really awesome experiences with is why it's on the list. I just played this one like right around New Year's Eve or New Year's uh, with a group of totally non-gamers. And they, like two of the people were like, what's the name of this game? Where can I find it at? And I said, maybe at Target, but it's called Decrypto. And they were like going to go find a copy of it because they thought it was a fun enough game. So very cool game. I think it's probably amongst my favorite party games. Um, one that just kind of did live up to the hype. I think this one had a lot of buzz and I really think it's good. Um, and to me, it's essentially replaced code names because it has that similar feel of two teams taking each other on using hints and clues. Um, but does it in a way that I think is a little more clever, a little more fun. Um, cause it keeps everybody engaged all the time instead of like where with code names, like you're kind of checking to make sure they don't like trip a landmine or whatever and they don't cheat, but like you're really not playing the whole time. This one you are playing the whole time. So, uh, decrypto. Yeah, this is one I'd like to try. I think it might go over pretty well with my, the guys I play with at my church. So someday I might have to pick this up. It might, but it has a lot of curse words and like real rated R words. Does it really? No. Oh, I was going to say, really? <laughs> that, that's my theory, too, on why we had so many listens last week, Jason, is our 77 games were both like Christian themed games. <laughs> and, and, and like, uh, so the Pope like decided that we're the official like blessed <laughs> podcast of the month or something. I don't know. Hey, whatever. Whatever we got to do to get likes. I mean, share it around the Vatican. I don't care. Well, but then I said heck later in the podcast. So I don't know. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, that was probably not it. Yeah. All right. Well, anyway, 67, Jason. All right. My number 67 is a dice placement game because I love those. And it's the Cthulhu version of Kingsburg, and it is Kingsport Festival, mostly because I hadn't played Kingsburg up to this point, and I really like King like that mechanism. So essentially what Kingsport Festival is, you have three dice, you're rolling them. You're going to one of the elder gods and they're going to give you some stuff, some building material, which has like death, destruction and chaos or something as the goods. And you're going to use those goods to build buildings on this big map to help you get combos to fight off the investigators. Then every so often an investigator is going to show up and your strength has to be higher than the investigator or you lose some stuff. And at the end of the game, whoever has the most points is the winner. It's a good game. It kind of goes on a little too long for its uh, for what it is, and the board takes up a huge space on the table. That's my only complaint. So my number 67, Kingsport Festival. Yeah, I, I have Kingsburg. I don't have Kingsport Festival. And this is one that, like, I kind of dig Cthulhu games enough that when I've seen this one 
on pretty stellar deals different times. I thought about picking it up, but I don't think that there's really enough space on my shelf and in my gaming time to have both these games. Um, I do like Kingsburg a lot, though, so really good pick there, Jason. Um, and if Kingsburg didn't make my list, I'm going to feel kind of bad. I think it did. <laughs> but anyway, uh, good pick, Jason. Really good pick. And by the way, that was the Pope saying that we're no longer his official podcast. Uh, you, I talked about you Cthulhu. A, yeah, you put a Cthulhu game on there. Uh, so. Oh, well. Uh, As always, next the week. Na- the nasty man put Cthulhu <laughs> on the list. So <laughs> Yeah. Uh, we'll be fine. Uh, my number 67, Jason, is going to make you upset that it's number 67, not six or seven. Um, and that is Yamatai. I don't know that it's going to be that high on your list, but I think you probably like this one better than me. Yeah, um, I do. It's it's my number 67. I really like it. It's a good Days of Wonder game. You're basically um, using boats and like a network of boats to try and like meet certain set collections uh, and get like your buildings built on these little islands and things. It's a really neat game. What I like about it the most probably is the fact that um, the game starts with this board being pretty much plain. I mean, just two dimensional flat. And by the time it's all done, it's like littered with like these different little huts and stuff. It looks really cool. Um, Cool game. This is one that's like maybe gateway plus a nice next steps game. Kind of what days of wonder does. Uh, Did a nice job with this one. Um, I, I don't know why I like this one just better than five tribes, but I do. I just, I don't know. This one just feels, and they get compared all the time. I think it's because they have that kind of, you have to think ahead and math things out a little bit kind of thing going on with them. And the art looks a little similar, but I just, I don't know. I like both these games quite a bit. Just Yamatai just a touch better. Yeah, this is a good game. Um, uh, it will probably show up on mine later, so I won't discuss much now. So good choice. The game was Yamatai. All right. My number 66, I'm not going to spend a lot of time talking about because we've talked about it. I've made videos. Um, you've done a playthrough of it, I think, and that is my little scythe. So mm. this is the family version of scythe from Sonmeyer games. It plays essentially the same way scythe plays just, it's a little dumbed down mechanisms, easier mechanisms to teach. Uh, you're going to move a little pawn on this player board to either move, collect stuff, or I forget what the third action is, but there's three actions you can do. And, you're trying to be the first person to get four trophies out on the board by having pie fights or taking gems or apples back to the castle, whatever you can do. So if you like uh, collecting things and fulfilling contracts and scoring trophies and you like scythe and you want to play with your family, I would say check out this one. And that is number 66, My Little Scythe. Good pick. I had this one down at number 83. Uh, I made my top 100 and it's a children's game. So we both have a children's <laughs> game in our top 100. A uh, family family game, family game. It it's the third action. I think is that you can transform goods and materials uh, into yeah, to pies, like upgrades or yeah. into uh, yeah the magic pies or whatever they're called. Um, yeah, so it's cool. And you roll the die, and you we have the die faces match up with the die colors. Uh, it's kind of cool too. So um, like how you generate apples and gems and treasure maps based on the colors of the tiles kind of clever it, it makes it so it's not reading dependent really and stuff too so really clever design overall good game very cool uh 66 for me jason is another game that's like kind of a family-friendly game as well um mean i guess to be a family-friendly game but that's villainous uh this is one that i think surprised a lot of us it kind of came out of nowhere 
Um, it's by that games laboratory that has been doing a lot of really cool stuff, uh, like the Jurassic Park game that came out last year, too. I don't remember the name of them at the top of my head. You probably do. Yeah, I think it's uh, Prospero Hall or something like that. Yeah, there you go. Pressman Games. Good job, Jason. <laughs> Not Pressman, but sure. <laughs> um, Prospero Hall. Yeah, it's uh, actually some noteworthy, I think, you know, people in that collective. So they put out some decent stuff and this is not your typical big box off the shelf licensed product game. Um, very good game. And it's unique to really any other game in that it has two decks that you're playing off of. One's my good happy deck that makes me do things that I want to do. The other one's the please don't take cards off this deck and put them on my tableau um, deck that other players play onto you. So um, kind of neat pretty cool has this like kind of cool action selection thing that gets worse as you get behind in the game or get more more dogpiled in the game um just pretty cool how it balances itself out though if players are aware of how to play they kind of slow down leaders a little bit by taking actions that hurt them um and ganging up on the person who's in the lead and then that person isn't in the lead anymore so then you gang up, gang up on someone else um the, the complaint that i do have about it and then i know jason definitely has about it is this one it should be for what it is a 35 minute game. And sometimes it can be 55 or longer minutes. So, uh, villainous is the game though. Yep. Good game. I think I already talked about it earlier. So I agree with you. All right. My number 65 is a little two player card game from, I believe emperor S four. It has a geisha theme and it is Hanami Koji or however you say it. So essentially what pretty good. Uh, so essentially what this game is, is you you have some cards in your hand, which have colors and numbers. You're trying to play these cards onto your side of the geisha to earn her favor. So it's kind of like a tug of war. If you play more numbers on your side than your opponent, the geisha comes to your side in favor. You're trying to get four of the seven to come to your side to win the game. And this is done over like action selection. So there's going to be some I split, you choose mechanisms. There's going to be... Um, a card you can hide and play at the end of the round. And you're just trying to outthink your opponent and maybe give them cards that you don't want, or maybe do the I split you choose with some cards that you really want and hope they don't take it. So it's a good game of like trying to outguess your opponent and nice back and forth. So if you like two player card games, I recommend this one. And that is my number 65 Hani Mikoji. Yeah. Very cool. My number 65 is going to make you mad too, Jason. Because it should be number six or five, uh, according to you. Uh, that's Lorenzo El Magnificent. Oh, Magnifico, Magnificent. However you want so to low. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it uh, might not even be on my list. Yeah, yeah, right, 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 right. <laughs> um, I, I haven't played this one much. That's part of it. Um, I think my taste in gaming has changed a little bit since I played this one. I keep thinking about this game, like that it's a good game. I just, I don't know, man. I got destroyed at it when I played it. Um, and like, I don't know, the the graphic design on it, when I looked at it, was like a little like, oh, wow, this is real flourishy looking in like Italian. And I guess that's what it is. But um, I don't know. That's, that's a dumb reason. But I know it's a really good game. I heard the expansion doesn't do much for it, honestly. So I don't know. Uh, I might be picking the base game up on this one. This one might be moving up. I keep thinking about it. I keep thinking that I do like it. And I've really liked other games that are similar to it or influenced by it more than this one even. So I need to give this one another shot. But it's still a really good game. And if I should saw this game show up at game night, I'd be 
more than likely willing to suggest that we play it. Oh, I I highly agree with you. Um, and yeah, that's all I'll say, and I'll move on to my 64. Uh, my 64 is a game from What's Your Game? They make the big, heavy, beefy games that I really enjoy that I don't get to play a ton. And this game is called Asgard. Wow. Yeah, this is one of, one of theirs that's not super popular, but I really like it. It's a beast to learn and to teach, but man, is it good. So essentially what you're doing in this game is everyone has a hand of the same cards. They're gods from wherever the Viking gods, Norse gods are from. And you're, you're trying to play these cards to go to take the action from the god. So say I played a Thor card. I'd go to the Thor card, collect his power, and collect some of these power stones. You're trying to get these power stones to build temples to these gods. The whole point you're doing this is because you're building temples for the very end of the game. Every god that you build a temple on, you're going to fight in Ragnarok with that god. And if they win, you're going to score a ton of points. So the whole game, you're leading up to this big battle at Ragnarok based on how well you build temples around the board for the light side and the dark side. You're trying not to fight against yourself. It's genius. I, I love this game. It's it's great. I probably did a terrible job displaying it, but if you want to see it in action, go check out Rado. His run through is great. So my 64, Asgard. Uh, yeah, I I think I'll get a chance to play this one here at some point, and I'll I'll provide feedback when I know anything about it. But it I don't know. It seems interesting. Very good. If I'm going to be honest, the whole time you were talking, I had um, what is the immigrant song playing through my head? <laughs> yeah, Zeppelin, man. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, little Thor. <laughs> so I don't know. Yep. Cool. Uh, I guess, yeah, I should probably talk about a game that I like. Uh, oh, boy. This is another one you're not going to be happy about, Jason. Uh, that I made the list, I mean. Um, this is the dollar for dollar most game I've ever bought um, because it's a lot of plastic and not a lot of money. And it is a game that is cooperative. Uh-uh. First strike. Uh, has miniatures. Uh-uh. Second strike. And takes place, like, in the future, maybe. I don't know. Uh, three strikes from Jason. This game is Mechs versus Minions. Ugh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> really good game, man. <laughs> it's programming, uh, kind of cooperative, mostly cooperative, uh, with some drafting in there. You're trying to make your guy just powerful. It's just fun to just, when the moves work out right and you just destroy like 10 of these little minions off the board, it just feels really good. Um, and I like League of Legends. I like playing that game. This is in the same universe as League of Legends by the same company as League of Legends. Um, so, I don't know. Fun game for me. Uh, Max versus Minions. Really enjoy it. A lot of fun to play, especially if you've got Ameritrashers or people who like minis in your gaming group and you want to play something co-op with them. It's the only like really miniatures like co-op game I can think of, honestly. I mean, like Flashpoint has minis in it, but it's not like a minis type game, like dudes on a map kind of game. And this one really kind of is. So um, I don't know. I guess if you don't have to use an app, I guess is this is this is the, that's my caveat on this being one of the few co-op games I know of that is really fun to play without having to have an overlord or whatever. So um, pretty cool. Max versus Minions. Yeah, I have no no relationship or anything with uh, League of Legends. So this game doesn't mean anything to me, but it does look nice. So I'll give it that. It looks amazing. It, it's really fun. If we played it, you would go, that was fun, but I feel 
feel angry that I wasted an hour playing that when I could have been playing something uh, else, is my guess. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. Uh, all right, so my number 63 is another dice worker placement game, because I love those. And this is from Final Frontier Games, I believe, and it's called Rise to Nobility. Wow. Yeah, I, I like this game. I I don't know why. It's got everything that I like in it. Um, so you're rolling dice. You're placing these dice around the board, um, t- collecting resources, building buildings. But the trick here is you have this little track on your board that you have to move up because on your turn, you can only spend so many pips based on how high this track is. So you, if you roll three sixes, you're probably only going to be able to use two of them. Because you're, if your morality or whatever that is is not high enough, you can't spend all your pips. So you're trying to balance all this stuff, collect resources, f- fulfill contracts to get these villagers on your side. Good game. Maybe stays overstays its welcome two or three turns, but I really do like it. And that's number 63, Rise to Nobility. I think it's cool, too. I like that the workshops are cumulative. So if you put something more powerful or better there, you get more but you can still go there with less. You know what I mean? Right, yeah. yeah. Um, and I like that about it. Um, I suggest this game to a certain crowd, and that crowd is someone who has played Voyages of Marco Polo, but someone in their game group owns it, and they don't feel compelled to own it, and they want to own something that's dice placement. That's not that. I think it, I think it would be great to own um, if you're in that category. Um, but if you own another dice placement game, like I don't know that this one... Like I mean, obviously, not much of a spoiler, because I think... If you've listened to us at all, you'll know Voyages of Marco Polo is going to be much higher for both Jason and I. Um, I feel like this game doesn't do anything that one doesn't do. Um, or this one doesn't do anything that one doesn't do better. But I think it's a perfectly great, perfectly legitimate game. And it is a change of theme. It has got. It does have some different ways how the mechanisms work out. So I don't know, man. I think I need to give this more of a chance. Um, I just remember being a little disappointed with it because I played it like right after I played Voyages of Marco Polo for the first time. So I thought, wow, this is okay. It's dice placement. It does it fine. But man, Voyages did it so well that it was really hard to compare to it. So I, I don't know. I don't know that I give this one a totally fair chance, but I do like this one. Also, I own it. So I mean, like it's worth hanging on to and having. So anyway, good pick, Jason. Yep. I like it. Yeah, I think it's good. Uh, I don't think I, I don't think I. Everything I said before this indicated that, but I do think it's a good game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I've complained about that little lower right hand corner before, and that's my only complaint is that that just feels really kind of like I don't even know that I've ever paid attention to it when I played. So, uh, I don't know. I'm sure people have won using that bottom right hand corner, but of like just buying points basically. Um, yeah. All right. Uh, Jason, this is a bad ten for you, man. Like, if not for you, like, my 10 are, like, 10 that you just don't care for, probably. Because my number 62 is Clash of Cultures, which is combat, civilization building, dudes on a map. Is it 63 or 62? Uh, 62. Uh, By number 63, I skipped because I'm an idiot. (laughs) Okay. 62. I'm going to go back and do 63, I guess, next. Um, Yeah, let's let's do those in reverse order. 62 is Clash of Cultures. Um, cool game. The, one of the cool things about it, too, is when you're building your little cities, it's like all your plastic pieces are like little puzzle pieces that kind of snap together. Not really snap together, but come together. And it makes it look like you have a growing town, which is really cool visually. Then it has a really cool recessed like spots tech board where you're building better tech all the time. I don't think combat really comes into this game too much. I like the way how it's like kind of a 4X where you explore, too. Um, it's got good rules for that. It's just a clever game. 
And from what I understand, this one's not going to get more printings done of it. The designer and Z-Man have parted ways. So it's going to be one of those you-can't-find-it games, but I think it's my go-to Civ Builder. It's it's heavy, it's deep, it's got enough thought to it that you really are going to work your brain. But it's not one of those eight-hour Civ Building games either. It gets played in two hours. So um, I really enjoy it. Clash Cultures. Yeah, this is not my game, but eventually I do need to play some kind of Civ game to see if maybe I do like them. Maybe this will be the one that I bust out. I got invited to playtest a Civ Building game from a reputable designer. Um, that's all they could tell me this this Saturday. And this Saturday, we're supposed to have like a blizzard or something. So uh, that kind of hurt. Yeah, that stinks. Eh, maybe there'll be another one. I mean, like I'm just trying to figure out how I can get a snowmobile between now and Saturday. <laughs> yeah, keep trying. All right, so you'll come back to your 63. So I'll go ahead and go to my number 62. And my 62 is from designer Andreas Stedding, the designer of Gugong. And this game is called the Stouffer Stauffer Dynasty, however you want to say it. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty high. The more I play this, the more I really like this game. Uh, so Wow. So what this game is, it's essentially a huge rondelle. And you are taking three actions on your turn. And you're trying to either recruit either envoys or nobles. Or you're going to move around the board and fulfill these, um, like Senate seats or whatever. I don't remember what they're called, but they're seats in the in that map, which is basically area area control. So you're doing that by if you're moving, you have to take one of your envoys and move it from wherever the king is to every other space to where you want to go, and then you have to pay a cost of however much the seat is. So it could be three. That means you have to pay three more dudes around the board. So you're trying to collect dudes to be able to pay them, to put them on the board. And when you go to the board, you're going to collect these treasure chests, which are going to be in-game scoring, help you moving without paying. Um, you're trying to just score a pile of points, and whoever can do that, the best is the winner. You're also going to have these goal cards where you're trying to be in certain districts or regions at the end of the game, trying to have certain kinds of seats fulfilled, maybe trying to collect treasure chests, whatever. So if you can do that better than the other person, you're going to win. It's fast. It only plays over five rounds. Scoring is really easy. Everything's super simple on it, but the decisions are deep. So my number 62, Stauffer or Stouffer Dynasty, however you want to say it. Wow. That's crazy. Cool. It's just a huge rondelle, basically. Yep. It looked Pretty like. much. Uh, same designer who made Gugong, which didn't make our list this year, only because it came to us too late. Actually, that might be true. It might be my top 100. We'll see. I, I do like it better than I kind of let on last week. Yeah, I, I, after playing it solo, it'd probably be in my top 100. The solo is amazing for that game. Really? Yeah, the, the Atama or whatever you call is amazing. Huh. And then also Hansa Teutonica, however you want to say it, uh, is the same designer too. So those are – I've only played Gugong. Uh, I've heard Hansa Teutonica is going to be a game that I love in spite of how it looks with that very, very, uh, um, yeah, it's pretty milk toast looking man on the front. I don't know. It's pretty gross looking. Yeah. Um, well, cool, man. That's amazing. I, uh, the backstory in this one too, though, I, this one's blowing my mind a little bit is I picked this one up on clearance at my shop and gave it to Jason to mule me to origins. So, uh, cool. I guess I have to come up with a game that's better than number 62. Two next year to get you to meal me the origins from the park from the campgrounds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh. So cool. I don't even know if I can do origins this year. I think I'm going to be gone. So may maybe we'll see. I don't know. I hope so. 
Uh, that was a blast. Origins is kind of my game festival of choice. So at number 63, Origins, the game festival. <laughs> Yay. Uh, no, my number 63. So listen, I screwed up, guys. I don't want anybody going out there and buying this game saying, but you said it was better than Clash of Cultures. No, it's not. It's one worse. I screwed up the order, okay? <laughs> it's not better. It's one worse. All right? And that game is Azul. Uh, I like Azul pretty well. Um, it's as good as an abstract's going to get almost for me, I think. So uh, pretty good game. Uh, just really like uh, all about thinking ahead, three three drafts ahead, and having plans and contingency plans for what other people do. And just, I don't know. I'm not great at it. I'm not awesome at thinking ahead in games. I'm pretty good at using my intuition and trying to figure out what's going on in that moment. I'm not awesome at saying, well, in three rounds from now, I'll want to get these blue tiles in this row of five. So I should do this now, you know? So I don't know. It's a cool game though, for sure. Um, again, my son is is way better at it than me because uh, he does think the way that I was just talking about. And maybe that's why it would be in his top 15 games because he just destroys me at every time. But a really cool little abstract game, really pretty. Can get it to play, get it to the table with about anybody. I mean, like, honestly, um, like, there's games that I can't play with people because they have such religious or moral convictions that they won't play, you know, like certain depictions of women or violence or whatever. But this game, you could play with Amish people probably and they'd be like, oh, it's a cool looking quilt. So, I mean, like, I don't know, just a lot of table presence and a lot of accessibility, a cool abstract overall, Azul. Yeah, I like this game. It didn't make my list, but this is, of all the abstract games I've played, this is probably one of my favorite. It's not abstract. They're making a mosaic. Duh. <laughs> yeah, you're It's you're, definitely you're, completely abstract. It's so thematic, yeah. Going to the factory and buying some tiles, and whoops, I, I broke some. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> All right. So my number 61 and the last one I want to talk about today. First, I'm going to give you the designer, which is going to blow your mind. So the designer is Eric M. Lang. Whoa. Yeah, how about that? I have an Eric Lang yeah, okay, game give, on my list. Give, give me a guess here. Uh... Boy, Ancestry. <laughs> Good guess, but no. That, that is one of his that I probably would like. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. It has a gangsta theme. Oh, Corleone's yeah, Empire. Yeah, The Godfather, Corleone's Empire, or whatever it's called. Yeah, is my number 61. So this game is really mean for my liking. Like, really mean. It's area control, and the area control in this game is super mean. So you have these little minis and you're putting them in these spots to collect money, resources to fulfill these contracts. But occasionally somebody may come into your your area and just set off a car bomb and it sends your dude to the river and he dies. And now they they control that area. So all that work you put in to get your guys out there to control that area, you lost because a car bomb blew up. Kind of irritating, but it makes sense with the theme. So I'm okay with it because I feel like if it didn't do that, it wouldn't make sense. So... If you like area control and interesting themes and mechanisms and Eric M. Lang, I highly recommend this one. And that is the Godfather Corleone's Empire. That's like a munchkin mechanism. Like, hey, start the game over. <laughs> yeah, kind of. With that carbine. Yeah. That's crazy. 61 was, was the Godfather. Wow. And this one is uh, like all over Facebook right now that people are finding copies of this at like Marshalls and TJ Maxx for like 16 bucks. So if you're one of the lucky few, maybe you can get this guy pretty cheap. Yep. I tried to get it, but they were all gone. 
Yeah, uh, I, I looked in two different stores, and they were both like, yeah, we had a bunch of them, and they were popular. Well, the kind of cool thing, though, is this. Like, so many people bought out all the supplies of them at, like, TJ Maxx or whatever to resell that the secondary market's kind of getting flooded a little bit. So I don't think anyone's making money off of these, and I think we'll get them pretty cheap for a while. So I don't know. That's a potential bargain buy. Uh, number 61 for me, Jason, is not a bargain buy. I'm not sure if you can find this game anywhere. Um Boy, this is another one of those real, like, pretentious, my out-of-print game is better than yours picks. But uh, no, actually, you can't buy this one because I think I think Chris Handy is the designer, and I think he bought the rights of this game back for himself, so he's publishing it himself now. But uh, the game is Cinque Terra. This game is really cool. I, I don't know if we ever got a chance to play this one or not, Jason, but it's um, basically you're going around in a clockwise circle with a Vespa scooter picking up produce then you're taking it to villages where there's a demand for the for the produce and trying to fill up your little board with it uh with like these cubes saying hey i delivered produce to these towns um and there's die that randomize the value of the produce every time you every time you play you uh you roll die to see how much the produce is worth and then there's also like these points cards that you're trying to get like certain ingredients to certain towns um to like fulfill like different contracts kind of almost or something. Um, so it's got kind of a lot of thinking in it, but it's a really simple game. Cause on your turn, you're basically doing a couple actions and moving a scooter clockwise. Uh, cool little fun components. Cause it's really, it's not really a Vespa. It's like a little pickup truck kind of thing with three wheels, but it looks like a Vespa kind of, um, but it's, it's a fun little game, beautiful art on it. Came out from Rio Grande Games is the edition I have, but I think if you go to Chris Handy's website, you can still buy a copy of this one. Uh, Cinque Terra. Yeah, we never got a chance to play this one, but I definitely want to try it because it looks cool. looks very Euro-y and up my alley, so maybe someday. Yeah, it's and it's Gateway Plus. I mean, it's real slight and simple. So if you go into it knowing that, maybe you will like it. Yeah, I don't mind light games sometimes. I mean, I've had a lot of them on my list. It's just if I had my druthers, I would probably pick something else so yeah that's cool cool well hey jason next week we're gonna get up to uh get up to the top the the i guess the end of the first half um so oh jason you're gonna get so mad at one of my picks next week yeah i'm sure i mean i didn't love that lorenzo was number 65 or council of four but whatever this one rhymes with ballerist Oh, uh, that's so low. I mean, that's so high. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, uh, uh, that was a little spoiler for you, but come back next week. Here's some more. If you're new to us, thank you. We aren't usually this like ridiculous and stupid. And hopefully, I mean, it's just... Yes, we are. We are. <laughs> it's... uh, Yeah, we are sometimes. But... <laughs> I, honestly, like I feel like every week we we do a quality control listen to this episode on Thursdays. You and I talk to each other and go, "Wow, editing is magic." That episode turned out. <laughs> yeah, that is true. So hopefully this one has some magic in it too. Um, but we had fun this week. I had fun at least. Jason, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you ain't laughing, you're crying, and I was laughing. That's good. All right, so we're good. Well, hey, I've been Joel. And I'm Jason. Keep gaming. Keep gaming.